Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and it's Friday, and that gentleman next to me is Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. We, we want to thank Tripwire Presents for being an amazing sponsor, and today we're talking with, oh, I don't know if I can butcher this, Oscar Holgervorst. Did I say that Close good? Close enough. Yeah, that's, that's actually Close. pretty amazing. Close yes. enough. Uh, so <laughs> that's what biggest, we aim for. It's <laughs> not completely butchering it. Uh, some of the biggest challenges publishing on Steam today is the topic. And I know everyone's going to get a lot of, lot of inf- good information out of this, but take it away. So welcome, Oscar. Let's start at the, the, my favorite question where we always start. Tell us how you actually got into the game industry and walk us through what you've been doing up to this point. Um, yeah, so I, I'll try to keep it really short because uh, doubt anybody's interested in that. But uh, We are interested. That's why we ask. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. Um, so I actually never really wanted to work in games. I was like a radio guy uh, when I was in school. Uh, but then I did an internship and I noticed that radio was actually sort of a dying medium. Uh, so so uh, I got to explore a little bit further and, uh, you know, ran into games and how and figured out how how superior it is in terms of like uh, engagement and involvement and and you know as a as a as a medium as a i feel that there's some some audio issues but i'll continue talking a little bit and then see what's uh what's up um so i worked for uh yeah the different game companies and i started my uh, uh, uh analytics company mostly about behavioral analytics within the games itself uh, and from that point of view, I actually noticed that there's um, there's so much tools and tricks and things that you can do uh, for the mobile game space, but for Steam, there was really nothing there. Uh, so that really yeah, inspired me to sort of figure out a way to translate all of these these super helpful solutions that exist on, on, on the mobile space that help with the discoverability issues that exist there to uh, the Steam area or the Steam Steam. Uh, yeah, platform, and that's been a few years ago now, and uh, yeah, we've been uh, 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 doing that ever since. So, tell us, especially like over the last three years, and it, and Steam is one of those things that is constantly changing. The algorithm makes adjustments, and now we've got next fests and all these different things. On addition to more and more games being released every single year, what? are some of the biggest challenges that publishers and developers who are self-publishing are facing right now on Steam? 
Yeah, I think I think those challenges are uh, bigger than one one change or one uh, you know algorithm adjustment or, or something like that. I think um, before I answer the question, like that's something that we're really going into. Uh, we're trying to provide everybody with the tools to sort of figure out what those sort of goal silver bullets are or what those what those you know solutions are that fit them at that time. Because we all know, like you mentioned, the algorithm changes. Um, the, the what works changes, but also from a marketing perspective, what what is new and what is uh, what makes you stand out also changes. If you're the you know forty thousandth game doing the same thing, uh, you're not going to stand out. So, so we're all about looking at what are the the, the, the bigger themes. And I think if we're talking about uh, the biggest challenges on Steam, it's all about like how how are you visible, represented within the store. And I think that that sort of breaks down to three things, which really aligns with the user uh, flow when you're on Steam. Uh, so that's like, how much are you mentioned and, and included on different pages within Steam? The second bit is more about the quality of those references, like how effective are they in representing your games and, and getting people excited about your games. And the third part would be about the store page itself. So all of those things are about visibility. All of those things are about discoverability, about how your game is represented within the store. Um, but they all have their different uh, yeah, things that you, that you would want to look at um, to, to make sure that you're doing, doing the right things. All right, so obviously the teams have control over their, their store page. Whether or not they do it well, that's a whole different you know, question, but you have control over it. What can you do to you know, boost how much you're being missioned? And then we'll also go into the quality of the missions and what that means and what you can do it. But I mean, on the, you know, basically, discoverability, how often you're mentioned, what can you do to actually improve that? So let me ask you, like, how do you qualify, quantify when you're, when you're, for example, making a change to, to a store page of a client, whether that was uh, an, a success or an improvement or not? Like, do you have any way for, for, like, do, do you? I don't personally, because we don't do that. Um, okay. I, 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 I can probably say I have never seen the back end of steam because that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not our expertise, but I mean, I would, I would assume that you're looking at the number of views hits, you know, how many people actually saw the page. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at conversion rates, uh, to say something about like the, the quality of the changes you did. And that's why I'm, I'm asking because you can do something very similar uh when you're talking about uh, you know the representations within steam so in the same way that you're like figuring out when i make a change to my store page does it lead to better conversion rates conversion to sales conversion to wishlist doesn't matter um you can also look at what happens if i make changes to the tags that i'm using what happens if i make uh changes to the the capsule images that i'm using and that's that's one of the things that i think we try to simplify with Steam Data Suite, to, to because that process is a lot easier when you're when you're talking about figuring out the improvements to the effectiveness of the store page, but it's a lot harder when you're talking about improving the the visibility, the quality, and the quantity of the visibility. Um, so we try to make that easy. So, um, but the, the the essence is still the same. You're making a change. What is the outcome of that? Is it actually going getting better? Is there 
are you getting the type of eyeballs that you need? Are you getting the the the, the, the quality eyeballs? Um, and uh, yeah, then the third area was like, does it does it uh, sell your game well? <laughs> the, the Which quality, is a little bit important. Of this. Yes. yes. Yeah. Having just a lot of visibility is not the goal in and of itself. If if all of those don't click through, uh, it's useless. And actually, that's something that we see with the 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 more the bigger releases. They usually have a pretty shitty click through rate, and that is because they have so much visibility everywhere. And and like the 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 eightieth time that you're seeing a reference to Elder Ring, the, the, the chance that you're clicking on it is going to be a lot smaller than you know uh, the first time you're seeing that reference. So. Um, that's that's an interesting uh, thing that we found just looking at all this visibility data. So, what is a good conversion rate? Um, that's because of what I just mentioned. That is actually a very difficult question to to answer. So, if we're talking about the click through rate from visibility to uh, to to uh, yeah, someone ending up on your store page, that that varies wildly, and usually the less uh, visibility you have, the higher that conversion rate will be, and the higher, the more visibility you have, the lower that conversion rate will be. Yeah, that makes sense. So, are so there to, to give you an idea, like for for the really big ones, it's it's uh, like a, a a tenth of a percent or tw a, a, like two tenth of a percent. Wow, I would not have thought it was that low. But I mean, if you're getting tons and tons of exposure, and that exposure is going to people who have no interest in your game at all. Yeah, or, or they've already seen it like 40 or 50 times. Like yep. they've already decided they don't want to click on it, right? Um, so after, after a while, it's just noise. Like, yeah, it makes sense. That is true. So, I mean, are there basic things that you see over and over that especially the smaller the indie teams can do to improve their visibility or improve their conversions? Yeah, my, my number one advice in that would be to make changes. Like... Um, one of the things that I see going going wrong quite a lot, especially with the smaller companies, is that they sort of treat setting up the store page as, as sort of a one-time exercise. Like, yeah. we're now at the point where we're going to make the store page. Like, even if your game is not a, a game-as-a-service type of game, uh, you still want to have your store page uh, uh, to adjust that and to iterate over that. Like, only by iterating, in my opinion, only by iterating, you can... Uh, achieve like structural improvements to to your store page and that doesn't mean that it's going to take you you know uh, a day a week not at all like you know sit down make a little bit of a plan like these are the tech compositions that we're going to try these are like some changes in the descriptions or, or changes to the screenshots and the videos um and then just you know make make one change every every two or three weeks and then see what actually happens what moves the needle and all in all you know if, if you can uh, improve a few tenth of a percent every few weeks. That's gonna really add up over time. And yes, the start, like the launch of your of your store page, the launch of your game is obviously usually important uh, time zone, but also like uh, time. But don't underestimate like how much that 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 long tail accumulates altogether. So we've already got a question coming in from YouTube and, and Brandis says, is there any data that you can share on Steam's audience demographics, their age, gender, country, devices, operating system? Um, yeah, um, I don't really have that compiled in front of me right now, but we do have quite a lot of data about uh, countries and, and uh, OS usage. Um, 
yeah, but I, I don't really have that distilled into very concrete uh, insights for you to share right now. Sorry for that. Uh, if... Age and gender are a totally different thing. I, that's type of data that's not uh, shared by Steam with the publishers. Uh, so to give you a little bit of an idea about how where, where we get some of our insights from, um, for, to use Steam Data Suite, you can connect your Steamworks account and we can uh, log into your Steamworks, basically get some of the sales data, get some of the visibility data and, and use that in all these different tools and features, uh, some of which are free. If you, if you just connect your data, you unlock some of these features. Um, and with that, we actually are currently connected with about 3% of all the games on Steam. So that means that we can, we have a lot of data about all of this stuff, about the visibility, about uh, the sales. And we use that to, to, for example, to train algorithms to make predictions about sales volumes and stuff like that. Uh, but we can also say something about, about these things, like about uh, uh, the countries, the geos, the, those things. But... Uh, gender and uh, yeah, what was the other one that you mentioned? Like that, that are not things that are being reported as as part of like a sales uh, activity going on. Uh, but yeah, definitely platform OS, um, the, the the prices for which games are sold. Like that's all data that we can have a bit of a broader look on uh, based on the, the the clients that that have connected our data. So that's that's super interesting. But uh, sorry to say that I don't really have that data. Sort of pre-compiled. I'll make you a real deal, Oscar. If you would compile that data, I'll put you, I'll put it in the newsletter and send it out to everybody with a nice little link to the Steam Data Suite site as well. It would be deal. Excellent. Absolutely. There you go. Make sure you're signed up for the um the, for the newsletter. All yeah. right. Um. So next one. For I, I had a feeling that this talk today would go off the chart like immediately and start coming in with questions from the group. So mobile has a lot of analytic support. How accessible is Steam's backend for getting similar metrics and KPIs? Very good question. Um, because this is something that that's, is really close to what makes working with Steam Data Suite for, from my point of view, really interesting. Um, it's tricky. Um, some things are easier. I would say some things are, are, are more difficult. Uh, an example of something that's easier, on Steam, you like on, on the mobile space, there's no tag system, right? You have keywords, you can rank on keywords, uh, but basically all the, the, the keyword optimization tools, they have sort of compiled their own set of keywords that they're, they're, they're matching and uh, that they're reporting on. On Steam, that's a lot easier because you have the tags, right? There's already a whole taxonomy. There's there's a lot of data that we can uh, uh, look up, for example, within Steam Data Suite. We report on the popularity of each of the tags. Um, so you can already figure out what is an interesting tag for you to, to add to the, the composition of the tags that you're currently using. Um, something that's a lot harder is uh, campaign attribution. So within Steam Data Suite, we also provide a way of tracking the conversion of people clicking on a campaign link to actually running the game. Um, and that used to be a lot easier on mobile. It's it changed a little bit in the last few years, but it used to be very easy on mobile because you have like a device ID or an advertisement ID what that's, that's sort of publicly available, both when you click on a, a link and when you start the game. Um, but on Steam, it, it, that's, that's a lot harder. Like um, if you click on a link, you're in your browser environment. Like you have a very different set of, of, of things or of information that's available. That's a completely separate environment from when you're actually launching the game. So for us to be able to link those two activities together was one of the biggest technical challenges that we have, uh, that we've had and, and that we still have to some extent. 
Um, but that's also something that makes this a very uh, valuable solution to our to our clients. Um, all right. So wait, we've got a conversation going on LinkedIn that I that I want to chime in on. So, Belhassen, you're right. People in, in countries like Tunisia says are not allowed to make such transactions because PayPal isn't allowed by the government. Can Steam lower the entry barrier and make an exception for such countries? Yes, they could. Whether or not they will or not is a whole different ballgame. But keep in mind, Oscar's not from Steam. No, no. Uh, yeah, let, let's clarify <laughs> that altogether right now, really, really clearly. Um, we're not affiliated with Steam. We are providing additional services and tools um, that are sort of a, an extra layer on top of what you already get when from Valve when you're interacting with Steam. Um, so, so we sort of plug into that, and that be, that comes from our sort of inherent frustration about how important Steam is for so many game companies. I know a lot of you guys watching right now will probably be nodding their heads. Like it, it, it's such an important uh, medium and it's such an important channel. Like being so limited in terms of the reporting, in terms of optimization, uh, especially if you compare it to mobile, like it, it just doesn't make sense. So we try to professionalize that a little bit. And uh, yeah, we do that via these, these optimization uh, so solutions or tools. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not Steam, uh, but we uh, work on these things. And funnily enough, we sometimes in, in contact with Valve. Uh, a few years back, we actually helped them resolve quite a serious uh, uh, security problem. Um, so <laughs> I won't go into that for a lot further, but uh, uh, yeah. But I mean, overall, Oscar, you don't have any problem with us giving out your email address. And so everyone can complain and their issues about Steam directly to you, though, right? <laughs> Is that, is that cool? Yes, the, but... the email address is spam at Steam Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we've talked about some of those big challenges, like a, a little bit about how to tackle them. What is like one of the things that you see companies doing wrong, aside from you know iterating, because that is important. But what are one of the biggest things that you see these companies doing wrong, you know, just day in and day out on the Steam store? Yeah, I think in addition to what I mentioned, like the, the sort of the fire and forget type of mindset, um, I, I would say one of the things that, that a lot of companies could be doing better is taking a little bit of time to figure out where you could best spend your time on when it's about optimizing uh, your store presence. So if you're... Um, so you can spend your time rewriting the description. You can uh, spend your time creating new screenshots. You could spend your time, you know, uh, upgrading the capsule images or, or uh, you know, figuring out what's the optimal discount percentage for the upcoming sale. But which of those will actually be uh, paying out the, the most? So um, that's also something that, that we try to help with a little bit by figuring out what am I on par when it's about sales, when it's about uh, click-through rates, when it's about conversion rates. So... Um, I think we can we can get a lot better at that, uh, but actually knowing where that starting point is, where your uh, yeah subpar or where where you're performing well, I think that that should really drive where you're investing your time. And that's that's I think that's that's a very obvious one. And it's it makes sense that it goes wrong because um, you're reading like a, a, an anecdote from someone that you know uh, after changing our screenshots we improved this uh, this amount of you know uh, conversion rate with with a half a percent. Um, but if that was their weak point, then it makes sense. Maybe it's not your weak point. Maybe your weak point is the, the you know, the thumbnails are not standing out enough or or, uh, or something else. So um, 
evaluating whether that's through numbers or or you know through asking around with other people like where 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 should I invest my time? What is what what's the biggest the lowest hanging of all the fruits, uh, basically? Um, and another one I would like to point out is like if you're making changes to the store page, uh, a pitfall in that would be to not be too structural about it. Like yeah, we we make some adjustments sometimes, but you know uh, I would recommend having a bit of a sort of a cycle set up for that. Like. You know, just tell tell yourself like every last Friday of the month we're gonna make one change to the store page, and you know, just just keep that ball rolling, and uh, you know, fig that that also makes it really easy to learn from from that. Whether that's for the, that game, uh, but also for 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 similar games if you're if you're looking to create and publish them later on. So when you're looking at at your site at the at the Steam Data Suite site. What types of companies are actually coming in and using that data the most? Who's getting the most value out of that right now? Um, I think I think in terms of how much value you get out of it, it's 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 pretty similar, and it has to do with how we price it. So, the, like our pricing is relative to the amount of added value uh, that that you can get as as a client. Uh, so, in that sense, it's fair for everybody. But in terms of nominal value, it's obviously the bigger companies. You know, if they increase their conversion rates with half a percent, then uh, that's that's a lot more you know money at the bottom line than when a small indie increases it with half a percent. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the only you know common denominator with with our clients that are successful would be you know their willingness to make data driven decisions. Like, uh, are they are they actually looking to improve like that i think that's and that's also something that we set out to do like in the end of the day it's it's just such a waste to see some very good games uh not flourish on the platform because they they uh you know get got snowed under because the, that marketing side wasn't wasn't like the visibility side wasn't up to par uh that's something that we want to prevent so the more you want to uh, uh optimize the more you want to make these data-driven decisions like the better outcome uh, will be. All right. So we've got a couple of them coming in from Discord now as well. So how much of an impact does a Steam, does a Steam page trailer have thinking conversions, but does it help with discoverability? Thinking conversion, but does it help with discoverability? Um, I don't think it necessarily helps that much with discoverability uh, because if we're talking about the discoverability, we're either talking about the quantity or the quality, right? So the quantity of the discoverability, uh, it, it, it's hugely impacted by uh, the, 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 the text, tech composition that you're using. Obviously, everybody, I think, is, is pretty uh, set on that, and I, I think that's correct. Uh, but also things like the, the, the text that's on your page, which helps with the search and visibility within the search. Um, but video, I, I do have an interesting number about that. Um, about 64% of all the store pages on Steam never changed their videos. So they either you know, started with none and kept none, or they started with one and kept that. Um, but we're actually seeing that um, there's, there's, if, if you're looking at the top 5% in terms of performance, um, there's actually quite a big difference between uh, companies that uh, change the videos and that not change the videos. So companies that are within the top 5%, uh, change the videos uh, on average 11 times a year, 
and the companies that are within the lower, uh, the games that are in the lower, 95% only change it twice a year. So it, it, it's a bit of a, uh, uh, it's not necessarily a, a causal connection, uh, but it is, it is telling. Like if you're changing, like these companies are successful and they're changing their videos quite often. So uh, maybe that's something for you to, to think about the, if we're talking about the importance of, of, of your trailers and your videos. On All right, so does that count like the live stream videos now or is that just like the uploaded static videos or is there a difference? Uh, th there's obviously a difference, but what I'm talking about right now, that's that's about the, the video uh, within the, the, the carousel. So the, that's that's in there with the, with the screenshots. Aha. Yeah. Excellent. I was, I was just wondering how that whole live streaming thing actually factors in now, especially since a lot of the things aren't even live. They're recorded and yeah. then like well, shown. I think that's also where your answer is. Like they're doing that because it works, right? Well, that's uh, true. Yes. <laughs> but that's the same. And this is a very good example because this is something that's very close to what I said earlier. Like it works until it doesn't, right? It works because not everybody is doing it and then everybody is doing it and it doesn't work anymore. So. Um, we're not about telling you you should be streaming because that's now the thing. We're, we're about showing you, making it really easy for you to see the numbers so that you can try streaming and figure out is this now the thing or not, right? And then maybe by the time that you're watching this or listening to this, the streaming is not going to make a difference anymore. I'm, I'm, I think we're already at that pivot point right now. Um, but uh, maybe by that time, there's something else. There's something that you can do with your, with your capsule images. There's something you can do with new type of promotions or, or whatever. We just want to make it easy to discover what those things are at that time for your games, because that's infinitely more valuable than some random guy on the internet telling you, you should be doing this and this, because that's always outdated. That's always, you know, going to work better for some than for others. So, so does the, does the data that you all have show developers, it's like, okay, Hey, look, this, uh, your a similar game is doing this differently and they're having more success than what you're doing. I mean, is that something yeah. that's in there right now? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing is we're putting, for example, all the, the capsule images and all the, 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 the discoverability assets side by side. So you can see for yourself, like, are you really standing out um, from them in, in a way that you feel works? Um, so that's one way that we're looking at competitor data. We're doing something similar with, uh, with uh, your store page assets. So we're going to just, we just have like a side by side comparison of all your competitors, which you can obviously pick automatic, pick from, from, uh, from a list that we, that we can help you with, or you can, you know, manually add them. Um, and for all of the games on steam, we also have quite accurate estimates about the sales, wish lists and revenue. Um, so, so yeah, for us, the next step would be to even like, uh, make the link between when a competitor changes something and, and what that does to the competitor's performance. Uh, currently we have those two things, but they're, they're like a bit separated. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking to like somewhere later this year to, to sort of bring that together. That, that would be like for us, the Holy grail, because then you cannot just learn from what your competitors are changing because we have quite a few, uh, features around you being able to see when your competitors are making changes. So we have a history going back to 2017 uh, with like uh, the price history of all the games when uh, the, 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 the changes to the store page descriptions and screenshots. So you can sort of already learn from what your competitors are changing in terms of like they're, they're, they're ditching these screenshots in favor of these. You know, is that something that I want to do as well? 
maybe they're, they're focusing on, you know, uh, something. They know something more than you do, especially if you're a smaller company. Uh, you can obviously learn from what the big ones are doing because you can assume that they put some more energy, budget, and thought into figuring out how to do it better. So if you have a, like a AAA competitor that's, you know, ditching all the dark screenshots in favor of light ones or uh, it's introducing screenshots that are more focused on the characters uh, than on the gameplay, like that's something that you can sort of uh, piggyback off. off. Um, but yeah, for us to link that to their... Uh, performance. That's that's the next step, and and that's going to be a really exciting step. Uh, but we're, we're we're not there yet. Hey, so if some of the best performing pages are updating like their videos, you said like eleven times a year. So in theory, if a developer goes in or or one of the publishing houses goes in and updates their store page once a month, that should be. And of course, you know if the updates are good and, and things but but that is that enough time to spend on iterating your store page and then if so it's like how long because obviously there's a huge rabbit hole of data that you can fall into here um please don't yeah <laughs> yeah so how much time should a team be dedicating to this per month so they're not doing coding or art or whatever else uh, that, that's really hard to to answer um like yeah it, it really depends I, I would say that it, it wouldn't make sense i would say it would make sense like if you're talking about creating a game there's obviously already a marketing component in that so that that makes it a bit of a gray area like when are you focused on marketing and when you're focused on making a game that's marketable right uh making sure that your game your product is unique is obviously the best thing you can do marketing wise because then you don't have to sell something non-unique right um, so, so there's, there's, I think that's a bit of a blurry line in terms of focusing on the store page. My advice would be to, uh, try and find a way to focus on making the actual changes, but also, you know, looking at what the result is of those changes. And, and yeah, Steam Data Suite makes that easy. Uh, but there's also other ways to, to sort of compile these different, uh, data sets into, into one overview to, to get that idea of what's actually, uh, happening. But in terms of percentage, I, I think that's that's really, yeah, really hard to 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 say something about. I would say that it doesn't make sense to wait until the very end uh, to say, okay, now the game's almost done. Well, let's think about setting up the store page, and then at at one point that's done, and then it's done. Try to think of it more as an ongoing thing, um, and and as you probably are with your game as well, right? It's also something that evolves over time. So uh, why not the store page? Because it it will take some iteration. Uh, and to 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 find that that proper fit between your how you're proposing how how you're making the game proposition and you know what what people are actually looking for. So, um, so that brings up another interesting point. Obviously, one of the reasons that you want to get your your store page up sooner rather than later is so you can start getting wish lists. Wish lists, yeah. There's all sorts of of commentary and theories and random calculations that are going on about how does a wish list convert to a sale? We know that older wish lists are bad and less you know, valuable. Yeah. 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 Because we, we all get those emails. It's like, Hey, there's a item on your wish list for sale and you click it. And you're like, I have no idea what this is. You know, is there somewhere I clicked on this? I don't know why. What, what are you seeing right now in terms of wish list to sales converting and how 
far back from launch is safe, where they're actually still useful? Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can say anything in particular about that. Like for us, it's as hard as for you guys to sort of figure out of every wish list in your wish list balance, like what's the worth of them. So that's that's definitely like a feature that we have requested, got requested a few times, uh, and definitely something that that we can probably you know find a way to to sort of uh, you know through probabilistics and and maybe a little bit of machine learning find some some insights there. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's not easy uh, to to it, to sort of it say depends something about is it. a perfectly good answer, Oscar. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's okay. Yeah, but it's not what you want to hear. That's the thing. Well, no, but it's still like the motto of this show, and, and, and that's that's where we get everything going along. So yeah. we've got about 20, 25 more minutes. If you've got a question for Oscar from Steam Data Suite, not from Steam or Valve, he's they do their own little thing over here. Pop them in chat, either in the podcast, in the streaming area that you're watching, or uh, on the Discord, and we'll get it going. So. We talked earlier about the constant evolution of Steam and their algorithm and what's working now is not necessarily going to work later and what worked before isn't necessarily working now. What are some of those important factors to success that you think are going to be important on Steam in the, in the near future, in the next six months or so? Indie Game Business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. Um, that's a good one. Um, well, I think yeah, it's a bit of it's a bit of a. Uh, I think the 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 thing that we just talked about, like. Uh, um, um, making sure that the product is is unique. That's that's sort of a timeless thing. Uh, it always makes marketing easier, and it makes whatever you're doing easier. Um, I, I honestly don't know what would be sort of the silver bullet of right now. You mentioned something about like the wish lists, right? Having a certain amount of traction before you actually put your game out there, whether that's going from you know being announced to being in early access or from early access to to actually being released. Um, I think there's a lot to be gained there. But to be honest, like that's that's the a puzzle that even we with like data about twenty thousand SKUs on the platform haven't cracked, uh, because uh, it's 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 changing quite rapidly and there's some really weird things going on. Like sometimes if you're doing really well on the first day, it actually seems to like that the algorithm is punishing you for that, or uh, you know in some cases it's enough if you have a few thousand wish lists to actually get some visibility and to sort of get that that cycle of visibility going. Uh, and in other cases, like having tens of thousands of wishlists isn't enough. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a puzzle that we're still putting together, actually. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to basically come down to, you know, 
keeping your game front of mind and showing and articulating to players what's changed, what's updated, why they should buy it now versus later or come back and play the game now versus later. Um, And I think if I can add one more thing to it, what what sort of springs to mind now, I think with the growing um, um, offer of games on the platform, like it's it's not news that, that the offer is growing, right? It's 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 going steady, steady since ever ever since the green light thing stopped. But um, making sure that you have a unique enough product, like I, I think I can't emphasize that enough. Like knowing knowing your niche uh, and making sure that not just you're making the game for that niche, but also that you how you propose how you proposition the game on the platform fits that niche i think that can be really successful especially if you're maybe a, a smaller team uh you know with a, with a bit of a smaller budget uh, another thing that's that's sort of a, uh, an ongoing trend that's something that's i think growing in the last two years is uh forgetting about trying to get the users within steam to see your game but actually getting users from outside of steam to to visit your steam store page uh, and that's something that's that's is obviously on mobile has been uh, like the, the norm for the last 10, maybe longer, 10 years. Um, but like doing user acquisition and, and finding those other platforms where, where these people are, where you're not competing with so many other games um, and, and try to get eyeballs there and get them to your store page and get them to convert. So I think that's that's something that's been uh, getting more prevalent uh, in, in recent days. So... And, and now we've got them coming in again, fast and, and furious. So this one coming in from Randy on the Discord. What is your take on a free game with paid DLC content versus a paid game with paid DLC content? Um, I, I, like if, if you want to hear that one is better than the other or one will work better than the other, uh, I can tell you that. Um, I think, you know, they, they all have their different types of approaches. Um I think communicating clearly what which part of the product contains is, is, is something that not everybody is doing right, uh, and that that can bring some some frustration and you know cognitive dissonance with it. Um, but other than that, yeah, whichever one of the two you're doing, just do it well. That's that's sort of it's a bit of a, a, a crappy answer again, but yeah. <laughs> So what do what do you see as the best off steam funnels? Is it news, festivals, Reddit, Twitter? I mean, we got to add TikTok to that now uh, to get people to come to your Steam page. Right. Well, the best thing that can happen is something that you don't have to pay for that's going to generate a lot of page views. So that's obviously like that huge streamer that randomly picks up your game and loves it and, and recommends it. And like that, that's that's can can make your game basically. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, we see that for our clients, uh, for the smaller games, it works really well to have like more targeted channels of advertising. So something like Reddit can work really well. Um, but for, if if you need a bit more volume, you're obviously going to end up using the, the, the Facebook channels and, and things like, uh, Google and YouTube. Um, they, they're obviously very important as well. So I think, yeah, maybe that, that sort of answers that, that question. Um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things that we constantly see it changing. And I was doing pitch deck reviews at the East Coast Game Conference last mm-hmm. week, and I had yeah. to look around at the audience when they ask a similar question. They're like, where's everybody coming from? I was like, well, all of you who are old like me, you're going to roll your eyes when you hear this, but there's so much coming off TikTok right now. You know, it, it's like that is one of the biggest 
funnels that we're seeing. Don't ask me why. I can't explain it. I have no idea. I just know it, it works. Well, there's 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 something you can deduce from that. Like it's it's where the eyeballs are, right? Well, that's true, Jim. Yeah. yeah, whatever's hot right now and whatever's new. Yeah. I can I can absolutely see that. Um, all right. So from Discord. What kind of long-term or long-tail insights can you offer? What makes a game sticky one, two, five years out? Right. So in, to answer your question, we, we don't go as far as like looking at the retention of the games themselves. Uh, that's something that, that I've done in the past as a sort of an in-game analytics consultancy uh, gig. Uh, but right now, um, what we're seeing is like the... the, the uh, if, if we're thinking about, uh, yeah, the games as a service thing, that's what we're talking about, like keeping the game up to date. And, and, and uh, I think Steam is a very unique platform to be able to do that, where you have all these di different ways of, of communicating with your players. So, um, you know, use the community features within Steam. I think that would be the biggest one. Uh, but also uh, do all the smart things when it's about, like, uh, discount promotions, um, use them to to grow the audience and 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 make the audience that you already have happy. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of. Yeah. Um... Sorry, you, you buffered there for a second on my side, oh. and so I was I was staring blankly at the screen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm love, back again. I love that. All right, so. <laughs> Oh, this is a good one. How should companies balance data versus art when making a game? Or making a game, I'm sorry, store or game proposition? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, this is an interesting one because it's it's sort of a thing that I'm, I'm run into uh, with no disrespect, uh, usually with the smaller companies, um, because there's, there's some people that feel that sort of looking at stuff from a data perspective, it's sort of the enemy of looking at it from an artistical perspective, right? Making data-driven decisions or commercial decisions is is the opposite of artistical freedom. I, I really don't see it that way. I, I understand where that sort of comes from. Uh, I think the, the solution to that is to make sure that data has the right uh, sort of influence on your decision-making. It's not so much that data is the only factor that you're going to make your decisions on, that it shouldn't be. Uh, but it's also not the case that, uh, um, um, you know, uh, it doesn't make sense to do it totally based on the art as well. So if, if, you're, if you're making that completely artistical project, it's obviously fine that you're not looking at the data. You just happen to be in a position to launch it on Steam, and that's awesome, and some people buy it. That's awesome. But if you have some like commercial perspective on launching your game on Steam, it obviously also makes sense to 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 have that commercial drive uh, or that that you know uh, drip down a little bit into into how you do the product and uh, how you position the product, how you create the store page. Here, it, you want to find the balance there, and I think data is is a, is a, uh, like an unmissable seat at the table when you're looking at like how are we going to make the the store page descriptions, how are we going to make you know, what type of screenshots do we need? What type of, uh, you know, uh, capsule images are other people using and all that stuff. So it, it, in that sense, it's also, uh, it can be a source of creativity as well. Like looking at your competitors as 
a sort of inspiration for what you could be doing. And that's also why we sort of structured some of the features within Sim Data Suite. Like we give some explorative stuff where you can sort of get inspired. Like what are other people doing? What can I be doing? And then you make some changes and see what the result is of those changes. So that way we can sort of facilitate throughout the whole uh, optimization process. And so this is one of the things that, you know, we have a, a lot of service providers that come to us and, and it's like they understand and they can talk to the big AAAs, but they have a, a harder time relating and, and getting some of the indie studios on board. And a big part of it is, you know, what we always tell them, so no matter how good your tools are, if they don't know how to use them, they're not going to be effective. So what are... You know, are are there basic things, or are there places that folks can go to learn how to analyze the data that they're seeing at the most basic level? Because yeah. I think that's that's one of the biggest issues with with the indie teams because they just don't have enough time. Yeah, it's it's in a perfect world, you wouldn't need a manual to do that stuff, or or you don't you wouldn't need to have to make like to filter through the data to do that stuff, and uh, I think. In that, in that sense, in Steam Data Suite, we already have the data aggregated and, and segmented in ways that aligns with how people actually go through it. And, 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 and we try to answer the questions uh, in a very, very structural and way. And it's, it's one of the hardest thing that we, things that we do when we're building uh, the platform is, is like, how can we make something that's super complex a lot easier to understand and read? Because we also know that a lot of the people that use our platform aren't necessarily, you know, data analysts or they're not necessarily even marketeers. Like uh, we have also like producers and, and people in the C-suite that are that are using uh, the platform. So we want to, basically it all comes down to what do you need to answer? Like what is the question and what do you need to answer that question? And we try to sort of already fill that in based on the question that we know publishers have uh, or, 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 you know, self-publishing people have. Uh, but um yeah not not every service provider is equally good at at doing that and i would say you know looking at the back end of steam looking at steamworks they're they're pretty terrible at it so why do you think valve is not providing the services and the data that that you all provide basically on their behalf um well for for some of the things that we provide it actually you know, helps you get ahead over your competitors. Um, obviously, if everybody would have that, then nobody would get ahead. So that, that wouldn't really make sense. It's not like interesting for them to to provide this information. I think for for some of the stuff that that we have, it, it would make a lot of sense to, to for them to sort of give a bit more insights in what 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 the trends are in terms of like different segments or uh, different features or different genres and tags. Uh, I think that that can only make stuff better, but it also makes the system a bit yeah, gameable. I, I think that's yeah. a bit of an overstatement, but it, it does make it easier to uh, manipulate how visible you are within the platform. And it's something that some of our clients are looking for. Um, and it, it, again, that only works if, if if some of us are doing it and not all of us are doing it. Uh, I think we, we're getting a bit of a tougher job when we actually have the majority of Steam uh, publishers using our, our platform, because then... Yeah, it, it will be harder to provide them the edge that we that we promise. So Michael has a question on the Discord. So often Steam pages will feature several call to action graphics. You know, like join our Discord or wish list now, check out our other games. 
you know, his strategy has been around only including one call to action, the wishlist one, and not to dilute the effectiveness. But I'm curious as to what the data says. Is there any data around what makes for an effective call to action on a Steam page? Um, again, this is something that we I don't think we have ever like looked into in, in detail. We have a lot of data about you know changes these type of changes like uh, adding these CTAs to the store page or removing them or changing them around. Um, but really looking at you know, the individual effectiveness, that's not something we 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 ever did. So sorry, I can't really uh, name a number for that for that. So I I would. I would say right now, you can get them to join your Discord if you're too far out for the wish list to be effective, and then keep them excited to the Discord so they do wish list in the future. Or you can go straight to the wish list, and that way, every time you do an update or whatever, they, it gets pushed out to, you know, to everybody on that wish list. There's an update and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, like like Mandisa uh, W just said, it, that is a fantastic case for ab testing your page changes try it see what happens and yeah. go from there yeah exactly and yeah see see measure what happens and it's something that that you can do like uh, you know write down how many discord server people you have today and then you know put the banner up and see how many you've gained in in, in a week or in two weeks uh, and then and then put the other banner and see how much wishlist you gain from that you know th th at least you have something to decide on uh, these numbers, like even if I would be able to tell you like conver conversion rate of, of one versus the other, um, it, it will still be, it could be a very different case for, for different genres. That's something that we're seeing also when we're making, for example, like uh, benchmarks about the conversion rates, about the click-through rates. That's something that's just vastly different uh, based on a lot of factors. And the size of the game is a very big one. So that would be a sort of a tip for me. Like if you're asking this question to other people and they'll give you a concrete answer, make sure that their games are in that sense uh, similar, uh, like in terms of uh, the, 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 the size, the reach, uh, the, the, the sort of the level of sales that they're having. Because those numbers will be vastly different if you're you know, a bigger company than when you're a smaller company. And I think the thing to remember too, if nothing else comes out of this talk for a lot of teams, especially smaller ones, is this is not a one size fits all strategy. This is something that you have to plan into your your week and your yeah. sprints and everything else. It does take yeah. time and you have to learn some of the stuff and you have to play around with it. Like yeah. you said, you know, the, the teams that just go up and put up their page once and then never change it are the ones that don't see you know, the results that need to be seen. Yeah. Yeah, um, the one size fits all solution is, you know, experimenting and, and iterative improvements. So Eduardo on YouTube says, in your opinion, what are the top five things that impact visibility on the Steam algorithm? Right. So um, obviously the, the, the number one thing is the amount of sales and wishlist activity that you already have going on. Unfortunately, that's also the a difficult one to to impact because that's a, it's it's a it's a hyperbolic cycle in of, in and of itself um which is which you could consider as, as a, a bit of a flaw of, of how they approach it but it also makes sense from a commercial perspective if you're if you're looking at it from from valve's eyes um so I, you know having success makes you more successful that's a bit of a weird one but that's by far the number one thing that's going to help your visibility 
Um, furthermore, obviously making changes to uh, the tags, the tags are important. Um, one thing, that's an interesting one, maybe I won't get to five things, but uh, before, before I do, um, one thing that I think is very interesting to look at is the uh, top sellers list. Now the top sellers list in itself will not get you like an infinite amount of uh, traffic. That's not like, it's not such that, that popular of a page. Uh, but the global top sellers list does paint a very good picture about how much the algorithm likes you. Because if you, if you score very well on that, again, when it's about the amount of sales that you're that you're achieving, um, that means that if the higher you are on that list, the more you're featured throughout Steam. So that's that's definitely something to look at. Uh, another thing to consider is obviously discount promotions, like doing deals. Uh, daily deals are very effective in in getting. Uh, visibility, uh, but yeah, all the discounts are. Needless to say, uh, you're going to get a lot more useful uh, visibility when you're not, like when you're doing a discount outside of a, 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 like a season seasonal event, um, but even inside of the seasonal events, it's also, also very uh, lucrative and very interesting. And I think that's something that more and more people are, you know, catching on to, like, if you're going to be doing more, uh, if you're going to do be something with your like long tail of your game, you know, make sure to participate in the discounts. And that's, that's definitely something that I can uh, vouch for looking at the data of, of, of our clients as well. Well, I mean, we just had the solution come up in chat right now. It, just cure a thousand people's eyesights like Mr. Beast or, or hell, just be Mr. Beast. And, and then you, you have plenty of success. Not, not a problem at all. <laughs> Yeah, all right, but, but yeah, no, no. other than that, there's always going to be smaller things like you know uh, the live broadcasting giving some giving some uh, visibility as well. Uh, I'm I'm looking at some numbers about like which channels give you how much uh, visibility. Looking at our clients' data, so you know the, the new and trending areas is is uh, responsible for on average nine percent of all the store page uh, uh, impressions or, or the visibility of the games throughout uh, our, our client base. So that's obviously uh, uh, like that, that's where it comes from that the, the launch of the game, the very start is such an important, important event. Um, so yeah, that, that's another one just uh, top. All of right. Mind. So Bandy's got a, uh, oh, so yeah, short, short, if you've got an amazing top layer, top tier level of store page, that's near perfect is updating. It's still super important. Yes. Outside of game updates and such, which are usually just thumbnail changes. Well, let, let me ask you, like, um, how do you know it's near perfect? You only know that by making more changes and figuring out, like you know, the 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 conversion rates. They're they're remaining steady. We also report, for example, on like the time spent on the page or things like how often the same user comes back to visit your page. So, uh, in in that way, um, yeah, you can you can think like when when do I reach the the, the ultimate the ultimate thing? I think if, every if game getting... has its own uh, roof, but uh, like their 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 maximum. Uh, you know, uh, conversion rate possible, uh, but I think none of us will ever reach that, and that's okay. The trick is to get as close as possible to that. So, uh, I mean, the short answer is yes. If you're getting a hundred percent conversion from every view that comes to that, and you're getting a ton of views, then no, you don't need to change your page. But if you're yeah. not, you should. All yeah, right, and, Brand, and, Brandy and had a really good thing. Here. I want to add to that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, is is that the 
time goes on, things change, right? I think the, we talked about the, the streaming, uh, the on-page streaming feature before. Like mm -hmm. that worked really well. It was like the perfect way of, of boosting your store page at one point. At one point, it won't be anymore. So as time goes by, the ways of standing out, the ways of, 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 of catching the attention and converting the attention of people on Steam will change as well. So even if you have the perfect store page today, it may not be the perfect store page in two years or in three years. So that that in itself is also an argument for... That's a very good point. Uh, All right, Brand, Brandy's got a question that I'm very interested in myself. If there's a AAA game dropping the same day mm -hmm. as you are, is that going to hurt yep. you or is it going to help you because more people are going to Steam? It's it's definitely going to hurt you. I've seen this a few times uh, with my own eyes, unfortunately. Um, that's, that's, that's definitely going to hurt you. And it's not even necessarily the same day. It could be the same week or the same month. Uh, that that's gonna hurt. So um, yeah, be sure to make make sure that you're not releasing in the same uh, week uh, or, or or day as one of your big competitors. And if anything, be a little bit earlier than them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players that that have like uh, sort of a set budget. It sounds a bit rigid, but you know you have an amount of money that you're comfortable spending on games every every year, every month, every week. And you know, once they spend that, especially if it's on a AAA game, then then they'll be entertained by that, and you miss the boat. Um, so that's absolutely something to keep in mind and to keep uh, to keep an eye on. So wait, we're supposed to stick to a budget when buying games? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, I, I I got a budget. <laughs> I, uh... I might, I might have missed that memo. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, one thing to say about that is in Steam Data Suite, we can help figure that out. So we have like a way for you to see similar games coming out in the future. So you can sort of plan around that and sort of even keep track on when they're changing their release date. So you can get an update um, on that. So you can even move your own release date if that AAA game also changes their release date. Uh, so in, in that sense, it can't go wrong, basically. That's handy. And don't Thanks. launch in Q4. <laughs> That's the well, that, that's because there's a lot of AAA games then, right? <laughs> All right, so we got time for one or two more, um, and I think we've got them queued up. If you've got more questions, go ahead and post them. But we're we are running short on time. So, does Steam Data Suite allow for more advanced user export and analytics, such as BigQuery and DataViz? And I don't even know what that is. So, yes. <laughs> so, um, yes and no. Normally, when someone asks us this, our first question is what are you looking for like which answer which question are you looking to answer that we're currently not answering because maybe it's something that more people are, are thinking about something that just is a logical addition to the platform uh we're still adding to steam data suite every day so um you know if these things come up then we'll try to include them as a feature um but it, it does make sense especially for the bigger companies to have their, because they will always have their own data flow they will have sales data outside of steam obviously uh they'll have you know uh, like uh, physical sales they'll have even merchandise data and all that so for them we actually do facilitate uh a data coupling with their own data lakes uh whether that's through exports or through like the, uh, other types of uh, database connections uh, so that's definitely something that we what we provide but it's usually something that only the 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 AAA companies are actually uh, interested in and looking for. All right, so here's one. Is there a best price for an indie game to achieve at least 100 to 1,000 yes. sales? It's, it's, it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a sale. That's a download. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to illustrate that, obviously, the, the, the cheaper purchase is going to be 
you know, more easy to to get people to convert. Um, but that's not that's not. But don't you get what you're looking for, right? Do you not get into a situation where gamers will look at something and go, "Well, if it's only a four dollar game, it's probably not worth playing." I think that's an effect, but I think the 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 nominal price is is still like, you know, it's it's not that much of a commitment if it's if it's a lot cheaper. So people were more into, more likely to sort of jump. But actually, could could do a bit of an analysis on that as well. Like how how's the conversion rate change? as you move up in the price range. That's an interesting one. Uh, the, the other thing, and this is, you know, I'm going to surrender to data on this at all times, but if you start super low like that, then you're not going to have that much of an opportunity to do discounts. Your discounts aren't going to be that meaningful anyway. And we all know that discount time and sale time is these gigantic spurts and sales overall. So if you start at five bucks, and then you say, hey, it's 50% off. I mean, I don't know, maybe that doesn't matter, but that's that's just in my mind. But I'm the person that's always like, don't launch for less than $15. <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, your goal is not to have the sales. Your goal is to have the revenue. Uh, unless, again, it's it's a completely artistic you know, expression and you just try to reach as many people as, as possible, then it could be a bit different. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really have like the data in front of me of that right now. All right, we'll get that data too. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's always curious to see how much that actually, you know, affects things. So, all right, we are running out of time now. Oscar is on the Discord server. You know, he's got our wonderful guest, the show tag. So he's one of the folks in yellow over there on the right. If you have questions, absolutely keep them going on there as well. You and the 5,000 other people that are on our awesome server. Let's talk. This is your chance to plug what you all are are doing. So, what is coming up next for Steam Data Suite? What's on the horizon? What should people be looking for from you all? Um, yeah. So, thanks for for, for that opportunity. Uh, I think I already talked a lot about what we do. Um, so, so yeah, it's not really a lot of need to to go into that into too much detail. But um, what's next for us is for one. To, to make that connection that I mentioned earlier between a competitor making a change, uh, which we're already uh, you know, reporting on right now, and actually what that imp uh, impact of that is on their sales and revenue and wishlist. At this point in time, we already have like very accurate sales, revenue, and wishlist estimates for all of the games on Steam, uh, but like the lifetime total numbers. So we want to actually uh, go to the next step and actually start providing the same level of, or a similar level of accuracy in, in the data in the estimates, but then on a, on a day by day basis, uh, which, as you can imagine, is obviously uh, quite a big step for us. Um, so that's that's a big one. Another one is for for our campaign tracking solution to link into uh, different uh, platforms better. Um, we can, for example, let the external platform, whether that's like an influencer network or an affiliate system, we can we can relay the fact that we registered an install back to them so that they know how to optimize their campaigns to be more effective. Um, and we want to sort of connect more platforms to that and, and, and make that more uh, integrated into areas like Facebook, uh, which is really important, and, and, and uh, Google. Um, and other than that, yeah, we have uh, still quite a lot of other, other things that we want to do. But uh, yeah, we really try to listen to you know, what people want uh, to, to determine uh, the priority of, of, of different changes. 
I, I just noticed our wonderfully awesome community manager who we have not managed to run away from the company after a month doesn't have permission to post links on Twitch. Um, uh, Ash, try that again with uh, a link. You should you should be a moderator now. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. So, <laughs> Code sums it up right here. Uh, Thanks for helping the small guys get a foot ahead. You know, this is the kind of, of stuff that everybody needs and learning how to use it is obviously fantastic. And I'm going to hold you to the whole benchmarking, put it in our newsletter thing. Um, but yeah, aside from that, thank you so much for this, Oscar. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. I love to talk about this stuff. So uh, yeah, sorry that I don't have all the numbers in front of me all the time. That's that's uh not really how it works and also my memory doesn't really you know help the process but uh yeah where Nerds. we can we like to 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 add to that. <laughs> one, one last thing i want to say about the, the features like the benchmarking that we talked about understanding is my click-through rate you know above par or below par is my conversion rate to sales and wishlist is that above or below par like that's something that's currently in the pipeline so that's that will be released in in, in a, a month or two uh, we're, we're again we're a small team we're only four people but we're working on this every single day and uh yeah we're, we're we're excited to work with even more awesome companies whether they're small or large that doesn't that doesn't matter link to the newsletter you can go to uh indiegame.business and you can sign up for the newsletter right there all you have to do is download the publisher list that'll sign you up for it i yeah. think we may have a link hold on we got a link tree Go ahead and play us out, Dan, and I'll like I'll look that up. Link tree. Thank you so much, Oscar, for hanging out with us today. This yeah. has been super informative and super nerdy. And if he somebody says got nerd, like I say, noob. <laughs> if somebody got accidentally interested in what we're doing and want to know a bit more, SteamDataSuite.com. There's a big sign-up button on the top. You can get a preview of everything that we're doing. If you connect your data, you can access uh, quite a bunch of features already, um, and even preview the ones that are that are included in the paid stuff. But uh, yeah, that would be a good starting point to see more about how we do it and, and what we do. That was one heck of a link you just uh, posted in the Discord there. <laughs> wow, that's like five <laughs> lines long. So I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, uh, yeah, so if you're watching on here and you want to join the Discord, discord.gg slash business. And if you're in the Discord and you want to join the stream and see people's faces, you can do it on twitch.tv slash business. YouTube at Indie Game Business. Just look Indie Game Business, YouTube, Twitch, whatever. TikTok, right? TikTok. Yes, because yes. it does exist. And thank you so much, Oscar. And thank you so much, Tripwire Presents, for being amazing and supporting us. Do we got something next week, Jay? We do. We have Alyssa from Alyssa Walls, who is the executive director of the IGDA Foundation. Affiliated oh, with about exactly good. the same as the IGDA. Um, they're the ones that you and I did the uh, diversity summit for. You know, yeah, that was ago. good. So, yeah, uh, Alyssa will be there. And then after that, we're going to have Wahid from uh, Looper PR and Marketing. This is, I mean, Heather's knocking it out of the park. We're like booked up for a month. So we're not mm -hmm. going anywhere. Well, I am later, but not, not now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, thank you all and have an amazing uh, weekend. It's Friday. Yes. Thanks, what Oscar. Are you, what are you doing this Friday, Jay? Or this, this weekend? Friday, um, mm -hmm. probably splitting firewood. That's probably what I'm going to be doing this week. Maybe we get some sun. Yes. <laughs> I already no. got some sun. 
I got burned. And Oscar, I will see you at Indigo. <laughs> nice. Definitely. See you Awesome. Then. All right. Take care, everyone. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.